What's up, everyone out there? Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's The Mix. Powered by the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the Daily Fantasy app that we love so, so very much because you get paid for being smart. Woo! Download that bad boy for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match that first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. Well, who am I? I'm your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud. That's John Legaza at John Legaza on the Bird app. Catch me on Patreon, the same as well. But it's not Patreon. It is Freetreon for you and Metreon. We are bringing all you lovely ladies and gentlemen out there in the Mayo Media Net sphere to the fore with the nuance and the context just pouring out the nose. We're doing strategy, DFS, plus, of course, jock market, values, top plays, the whole kit and caboodle. But enough of that. We need more of this. It's the fastest show in NFL absolutely anywhere. You can take that bad boy to the bank. Let's start it, as always, with the first pillar of profit and our blue chips presented by Jock Market. We're using Run the Sims projections. Check them out at runthesims.com. It is such an awesome program. It's really helped me step my game up with those fine-tuning abilities. But if you don't want that, that's what this show is here for. Let's get it done. It is the top projected players for each team Five on each side, it's Commanders. It is Fly Eagles Fly tonight on Monday night. Foosball Week 10 on the side for the Commanders. At the top, it's Taylor Heineke and Antonio Gibson between 13 and 14 and a half, down to F1 McLaurin at 11.4, to Curtis Samuel at 11 down, to B-Rob, Brian Robinson at 7.5. Not a lot of fantasy scoring over there, over to the other side, Jalen Hurts with nearly double any other player at 24, down to AJB at 16, Miles Sanders at 14, Goddard and Devontae Smith right around that 11 mark. To give you an idea of what the books and the projections think, it's going to be a lot of Eagles, in particular Jalen Hurts. All right, let's cap this one. As always, again, bringing just as much of this stuff as we can in the little bit of time that we have to do it. I always, I like to have my work stick out. Okay, so for the audio-only listeners, after you're done rate, reviewing, and subscribing, you jump on over to YouTube or on Twitter. We're sharing these graphics. Really kind of helpful to see all this stuff at once. Washington offense, it's been a really, really tough go. 17.5 points per game, less than 5 yards per play, a negative EPA per snap on offense. 28 yards per drive, 2 minutes and 40 seconds per drive with a 6 67% drive success rate. Those are all in the bottom five. The run game has been atrocious. Brian Robinson, excellent story, but the production not there. Check it out. Washington team rush O minus 15% rush DVOA minus four adjusted line yards, only 108 yards a game. That's 3.8 running back yards per attempt. Those are all firmly in the bottom and they're not getting much relief from the pass game. Minus 8% pass DVOA as well. They've allowed 29 sacks, 9% adjusted sack rate. All that stuff going to get you in trouble. They've only gotten six yards per attempt, less than two touchdowns per game passing. That's the Washington commander offense. It's been a rough goal. We noted defense for the Eagles, those Eagles is awesome. Check it. I mean, it's just like across the board. It is pure domination, allowing less than 17 points a game, less than 300 yards a game, 4.7 yards to play upper hand to the Eagles. 
holding opponents below 30 yards per drive, that 2 minute 40 yards per drive. I mean, the Washington offense really lines up with the Philadelphia defense. It's going to be very, very difficult for the commanders to do just about anything. The Eagles play a ton of zone because they do get pressure up front, so they're going to allow you to run the ball if you like. The commander's not very good at it, though. So Eagles allowing 121 rush yards a game, almost 5 yards per running back attempt. Those are in the bottom third, but the pass D is excellent. Minus 29% pass DVOA. I believe that's first or second. They have 26 sacks, so they get to the quarterback against a team that allows sacks. Heineke's going to be running for his life. Eagles allowing only 177 pass yards a game, 4.9 per attempt, 8.4 per completion, getting 1.5 interceptions per game big-time advantage to the Philadelphia Eagle defense. On the flip side, the Eagles' offense has been awesome. They're humming. They're doing it all. The only problem that we know is because they've been able to pace teams and because the Eagles can do it in so many different ways, especially when you have a player like Jalen Hurts who can run, he can throw, but more importantly, I think the 1 plus 1 equals 3 against some of the X's and O's that we like to bring here is quarterbacks that run, that can also pass, Use the threat of run to bring in defenses and go over the top. It's no surprise you see tight ends succeed with running quarterbacks. Look at Cole Komet. It's not like this guy's gotten any better. It's just the attention that the quarterback draws when there's the threat of the run brings in those front seven and you get a little whoop-de-doop right over the top and there's generally space behind it because if the play was designed properly, you swept all the pass catchers to one side, maybe rolled the quarterback out to the other side with a block and release from the tight end. So again, just some X's and O's, how the Eagles are going to get done. Eagles offense, phenomenal. 28 points, 67 plays, 391 yards, all in the top five. They move fast, 29 seconds per play in neutral game script. That's in the top three. 38 yards and three minutes per drive. 77% drive success rate on offense. Eagles doing it all. They run the ball a ton because, again, you get it from Hurts, but also from the running backs. So the 149 running yards per game is excellent. But the running back yards per attempt at 4.6 maybe doesn't necessarily reflect that because of the 34 attempts, right? So, again, the nuance and the context that I hope you're getting here and maybe not everywhere else at Mayo Media Net, how the Eagles are doing it, right? So they are, gosh, they're just doing everything. The pass stats are good, but not great because, again, they take their foot off the gas. So the DVOA is excellent at 34%. However, 30 attempts 20 completions for 242 through the air. That's not great. The 8 yards per attempt is good. 11.8 per completion. Not so much. So, Eagles defense, there is up and down, right? We know AJB pulls the top off it. So, they've had these, you know, strike hard, strike fast, you know, bursts, let's say. And we know AJ Brown can do that. But let's get to the other side. Washington defense has been very good. This one, we're going to look at the season, but then we're going to zoom in to the last four. Again, not to beat the nuance of context thing, but I think what is more important from a theoretical analysis end, right, from an analytically driven end, is that we realize the football season is short, it's a small sample, but within that sample, we do have to split. So I know a lot of people say, well, it's only been 10 games, you can't split that. You have to look at trajectory. Injuries, stylistic changes, sometimes coaching moves, personnel decisions can change trajectories of a team. That is Really, really important when looking at it. I think Washington, again, is um, just like a perfect example of of that. So let's do the, the season. Washington Team D, it, it's good, right? 60 p- plays allowed, 331 yards per game, 
for EPA per snap. Those are all in the top five for the Washington defense. Holding opponents at two minutes and 25 seconds of drive. 65% drive success rate. Those are in the top three. Minus 23% rush DVOA. That might be number one in the game. Pass DVOA is rough. However, pass DVOA, you got to go further. That's why I do it. The 14% pass DVOA doesn't look great, but they have 23 sacks allowing only 19 completions on 32 attempts. It's been for 217 yards. So you see how the 217 total doesn't... When you when you see the high DVOA, people automatically think this is this all-encompassing stat that just means like death drop annihilation. Not the case. You've got to dive in a bit more. Again, 217 pass yards per game is perfectly fine. They've gotten beat on the per completion, right? So the 11.3 yards per completion is in the bottom eight, 1.8 passing touchdowns per game allowed, also in the bottom eight. So we see what, through the numbers, what Washington is doing, kind of pressing up front, and then they get beat down the back. So I think there is a pathway for Brown to get some work done here, but given those totals, it's going to be hard to attack. Here's the last four. The commanders, Washington commander defense, allowing 16 points a game, top three, only 312 yards per game. Those are all in line with the season stats. The rush EPA, EPA per snap, yards before contact per rush down at 1.2. So commanders getting penetration and getting a hat on the ball carrier early. Pass defense has been excellent last four. Top five in pass EPA per dropback, opposing Quarterbacks have an 87 passer rating, allowing only 19 completions for 195 yards, only a 61% completion rate. They're playing a lot of zone. Um, I'm sorry, commanders are playing a lot of man. I'm sorry, that was my mistake, and that is the reason for the top coming off. Okay, so let's back it up just so I don't get anybody confused. Commanders using a lot of man. That number is at at over 27%. So anytime you get a number over 25 for man, especially in these day and age, that's a lot. They also mix it up with a lot of too high. So when you're not getting man coverage, you are getting too high. So there really is the difference, the yin and the yang, of how Washington has kept those passing stats in check. If the Eagles properly use man to identify coverage, right? Think about that. That's how it, it, do it for the newer listeners. If you have two wide receivers on one end and you put a man in motion across, if a player follows him on defense, you have a good hint it's going to be man coverage. If no one follows, right, you have a better chance it's going to be a zone coverage. So if Hertz is able to read, he's been excellent Excellent, by the way, although not as good against the zone. So the upper hand is for Hertz. I think we're going to get a big play from A.J. Brown. Though I'm really afraid of any kind of volume here. I'm also looking to get away from the running back. So there's a little bit of cap for everybody. Give you an idea of how we take the projections, have them speak to us, then dive into the analytics and try and draw up the narrative for the showdown, and then the last part of the execution is to be consistent in those bets. So I'm not expecting really anything, anything from the commanders on offense. The player I do like is Antonio Gibson as far as blue chips go because he's been seeing a lot of the work. The snap percentage is a bit low, but that's okay. Washington mixes it up a ton. He's working both both sides of it, you know, and I think that's probably the most important thing if we're looking at a team that's a double-digit dog like we are is that Gibson really dominating the pass work from the backfield, and if we think The Eagles are going to be getting pressure. Maybe he gets a couple of those release catches himself. 
So Gibson putting up an 18% team target share in the last month. That's legitimate for any pass catcher. He's got a 32% target per route run, 2.2 yards per route run. So Gibson's been a bit limited on the ground. I don't know how much they're going to get there, but I do think the outlet in the passing game is going to be to Gibson. So for my blue chips, it's Gibson on the Washington side. Then, of course, it's Hurts on the Eagles side. But I think I might be getting away from everybody. I think if we're looking for more chip, 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 the answer might actually be Dallas Goddard, who has been very good and doesn't really get the shine, right? I mean, it's A.J. Brown and it's Jalen Hurts, of course, all the star power. Even Devonta Smith, he's been slow as of late, but we know he's a stud. But Dallas Goddard has been excellent in the last month. 84% of snaps, running around on 78% of dropbacks, 14 catches on 15 targets. Hyper, hyper efficient, 11.7 yards per reception, earning 27% of the team target share, 24% of the team air yards, 28% target per route run, 3.2 yards per route run. Those are all really, really, really thick. So in those examples, like I mentioned, that though they do play a lot of man, that number is still only 27. The rest is going to be a lot of these kind of high shells. They're going to be daring the hurt to go over the top of the brown. I don't think they're going to get there. I'm going to be looking at the volume to Goddard. So for blue chips, I'm not looking to pay out the nose. Give me Gibson on the Commanders. Give me Goddard on the Eagles. Those are my guys to get to the top of the board. And boom, that's your blue chips brought to you by Jock Market. Uh, man, if that earned a like button, stick a cartoon finger up inside me, rate, review, and subscribe, because that stuff matters more than it should. All right, the ball is past the 50. Let's get it into the red zone so we can score the rock. But first, let the big man catch a big breath. All right, it's the second pillar of profit brought to you by Jock Market. These are your penny stocks. Of course, it's not just the cheapest players on the board, because we got tournaments and money to win. We're putting these costs with projections to come up with our value rate stat, right? Again, I always say this every show. It probably gets tiring, but value is a rate stat. Cheap does not equal value. Let's just dive up into it. For the audio-only listeners, all this information is on a schnazzy graphic that you can get on YouTube, screenshot, or on Twitter. It's two QBs, three running backs, five wideouts, and a tight end as always. If you notice the IPO is missing, it's not up yet. So I didn't cheap you. I'm never lazy. I was up before the crack of dawn as always to bring in a show. But we can only do with what we got. So you can follow me up on Twitter. If they do come out, I'll put the graphic back out and update it. Man, maybe not having it out there could be an edge. Let's do some thinking. All right, it's Hertz and Heineke, obviously the only two quarterbacks in the game. But here's that value lesson. Hertz projected for 24 points at 12.2 salary, leaves you a 5.08 cost per point. Keep that number in mind. Taylor Heineke, 14.3 projection at a 9K salary, leaves you at a 6.29 cost per point. So though Hertz is significantly more expensive, about 30%, his projection is 40 50, 60% higher, right? And that gives you the cost per point you're looking for. The ownership is through the roof. I don't think you can get away from Hertz. I just... I think if you want to be different, it's just Hurts not as your captain. But I think you got to have Hurts. As far as jock market, Hurts is so far and away the best player in the game. I'm not sure how you get away from it. So here's the showdown breakdown in jock market. Again, I like to think this is the preeminent jock market show. You can tell that I'm actually playing it and a lot of other people are not. So in the showdown... First place gets 25. Second place is 20. Third place is 16. Stop me where you think Hertz is going to finish. I mean, fourth place is 12. I have a hard time thinking Hertz is not the the 
third best player. So I would draw my line at 12. Anything between 12 and 16, I think you're going to profit today. So I'm going to make the exception for Hertz if he even gets up to that 13, 14 mark. I think it's a profit because more likely than not, he's one of the top two players in the game. I don't know if I want to go above 16. That feels a bit rich for me, but maybe I'll grow my line at 1450. Again, you only get that stuff here. So the 84% ownership, I just don't get away from it. In the running backs, it's Boston Scott, Antonio Gibson, and Miles Sanders. Funny enough, Scott is a guy that I normally would like because the salary is so low, but so is the projection. It's been a, listen, it's always going to be a tough go for these running backs in Philly because the best running back is the quarterback. So though Sanders has dominated touches, right? We've seen him have 15 touches, one, two, three, four, five, six times, up as high as 27. He's got over 17, two of the last three games played. I would normally go for showdowns a guy like Scott because he's so much cheaper. The problem is normally these backup guys catch the ball and Scott has not been that. You know, he had six carries against Dallas, seven against Pittsburgh, only one against Houston. I do think he'll get back to that five, six, seven carry mark, but I'm not so sure. I'm just not so sure. The 1.6 salary probably will offer some relief. If you think the Eagles just run away with it, maybe sit on Sanders. We have seen Scott get work in blowouts, so I think the pathway is open for him there. I'm going to be looking for the Scott IPO if it's like in the 2 $3 range because he could stumble into the end zone in the second half, but other than that, I'm not going to look to chase it. Miles Sanders, same worry. The floor is there. He's touchdown dependent. He's been very good, you know, four of the last five because he has touchdowns in four of the last five, which is good. So Miles Sanders is viable. Because the salary's under 10, ownership at 40, I think, is what you'd expect from the lead runner on the favorite. My problem is that second-half break job that the Eagles have been pulling. It's really deflating for fantasy when you see them just outright go to the backups, outrights just run, 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 and they get first down. So it's it's not just like run, 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 sacrifice, punt. It's run, 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 run. And they're eating up 35 seconds each time. We've just seen it. I think it's literally a best and worst scenario. I was looking at this. I'm Ian Harditz at PFF, who is the GOAT, brought this up. And then I was diving in again on True Media. Hurts might be a top two quarterback by EPA in the first half and a bottom two quarterback by EPA in the second half. And again, it's not because he gets bad after the second half. I doubt he's going out there eating a giant lunch, you know, and getting the belly bomb. It's because that's part of the scheme. It's literally what the Eagles want to do. They can beat you in so many different ways, including with the defense. They can toy with you. So that makes it hard to pay up. So that's my... My warning here is to be careful. Like a guy like Hertz is independent. A guy like Sanders is not. So I'm not going to be paying up for Sanders again. We don't have the IPO. But if the Sanders IPO is like 9, 10 bucks, you can have that. There's a chance he doesn't finish in it. The guy I really like is Antonio Gibson. So Gibson projected for just a touch lower than Sanders, 13.6 to 14.1 respectively. However, the salary, 6.8 to 9.8, giving him a tremendous edge in a cost poor point. And I don't think that's properly reflected in the ownership. Though Gibson is projected for a higher ownership, I don't think it reflects the disparity in cost projections and potential upside. Where Sanders can get scripted out, Gibson gets scripted in. Uh, I feel like if the commanders do work, it's going to be on his back. right? It's going to be because they got some explosive plays. He's the second most explosive player they have. 
So Gibson, I'm really, the more I get into it, Gibson is really the guy that I'm circling for this one. To the pass catchers we go. Cam Sims had to bring it up, baby. How do you like that one? I got a 3.4 point projection at a $200 uh, cost on DK for a record $58 cost per point. You are not going to beat that. So if you're a believer, right, in the projections and all the stuff that we're doing, you got to go with Cam Sims. He has one catch in each of the last five games. So he's probably one of those interesting, like, UD props, right? Or probably, he'll probably like four and a half yards. But they're expecting him, right? Cam Sims, a 3.4 projection is one 20-yard catch, maybe like two catches for 15. But if you're only paying 200 bucks, a guy that catches the ball could fall in the end zone. Okay, so that's what it is. Sims with Dotson back is not going to have any attention paid to him. So, Again, we got to realize in showdown, I, I hate when people, anything could happen, and it wouldn't, this wouldn't surprise me, this wouldn't surprise me. Well, unless a meteor hit, yeah, I'm basically not going to be surprised. We, we got to have to do better than that. Sims, I mean, he's playing, right? I guess, I, I'm not sure what else, what else could we, what else could we ask for other than a player that's, that's on the field. He's been targeted every game, though not hyper-targeted. It's that cost, again, right? Because the, the value section is what we're, this is what we're all about, that's what separates him. I, I I can't believe that they put anybody just so low. I mean, you know, listen, it's it's again, it's it's a it's a floor play. Let's put it there. Curtis Samuel with Dotson back. I'm a bit worried. We've seen the production drop off. I think the guy with Heineke is McLaurin. So if I had to get with somebody on Washington, it would definitely be McLaurin. Let's take a look at these uh, commander pass stats. Right, it's McLaurin, obviously. Head and shoulders above the pack. Last four games, 96% of snaps, almost 100% of dropbacks. He's run a route. He's earned nearly double the targets. Samuel, he has 16 catches for 242-1 and one in the last four games. 28% of the team target share. 50% of the air yards. Okay, get with McLaurin as your pop. Like, if you're looking for somebody to fill in, if you're the type to look for that top player on the board, I know I get a lot of that in jock market. So, you got to look at McLaurin because we also mentioned the Eagles' weakness there. They have gotten popped with the yards per completion. So if you complete it, it could be deep. We've seen McLaurin win a ton of contested balls. Heineke loves the Yolo ball. Again, I don't think, I do not think it's going to be a volume thing. But jock market, that's where you kind of separate yourself in DraftKings. In DK, conventional showdown, you need the nuts. Jock market, you don't need the nuts. You just need the nut. Like, oh, Ah, nut, right? You need ah, nut. And if you have that one hit, it'll float the rest of the portfolio, opposed to showdown, where if you get a couple goose eggs, you're probably going home empty-handed. And boom, I mean, that's the best lesson and why we love jock market so much, is because it allows us to lose, but still win. And I think that's really the end of the day, right? We, Of course, we all want to make money, but we also all want to have fun. This is recreational for some people. What we want to avoid is constantly funding these accounts. That's the nightmare. Losing happens. Getting crushed is not okay. So, Jock market kind of allows you to play around break even if you're, you know, sharp like we are. Again, you don't have to play five players. You can have one player. You can have a million shares of one player, one share of a million players, you know, and dice up any way that you want that you could lever yourself with these individualized plays and, again, have the good one float the portfolio. So I mentioned Devonta Smith. It's been really bad. I wouldn't pay the 8K for him. I do think because the commanders play a lot of zone – 
he probably benefits from that. But for me, it's just been Goddard lately. I had been chasing Devonta early on, but him being out wide, when he's in the slot, is not seeing all the targets that we'd like. So I think it's going to be more Goddard sitting down um, in that zone and the game log is there. Lately, he's been awesome. I mean, I, I right off the... Off the jump for, like, best balls and stuff, I thought Goddard was one of those guys that really slotted in. He's one of my highest on tight ends because I thought he slotted right in after the Andrews and the Kelsey. I really felt like that was one of those guys we saw the blow up at the end of the year. Check it out. Last five games, five for 72, eight for 95, four game, two for 22, but then six for 64, and then eight for 101. This guy's got a minimum of five catches and 64 yards in four of his last five. He's a target, and I think that's going to be the guy they look to in the zone. Wrap it up with tight ends. Logan Thomas is back from what I understand. He's not on the injury report. I was looking and looking and looking. So I think he'll be back. He's projected for a couple points. I mean, he's he's a target guy, right? He's kind of always been that. I worry he's going to finish a game. I mean, he's one of the most oft-injured players in the league, but we did see him have three, three, two, and five receptions to open the season. That was not with Heineke. That was with Wentz. So we don't really know their connection, but uh, Logan, a perfectly cromulent play, and given the 2.6 DK salary, I think he's a must. So let's wrap up the stock. Penny stock section, Hurts, even at the high cost, is a value. I'm getting away from the Eagles running backs because I'm afraid to get scripted out. I'm all over Antonio Gibson because I think he'll be scripted in. I think Sims is a fantastic value because of the cost. Right, if you're going to... I feel like every showdown play, you're making one punt. So if you're going to take a punt with a guy with a pop for zero, you might as well pay 200 bucks Again, he has a catch in each of the last five games. He's likely going to have a catch. I don't know how good it's going to be, but if it's good for six, that's a smash value. Curtis Samuel, I'm worried with Dotson coming back, and we've seen him tail off. LaCorn, I think, has a chance for a big play, but I don't think we'll get much volume. Devonta Smith, again, I'm worried because he's lost out in the zone to Dallas Goddard and Logan Thomas. I think we'll probably do the target magnet thing. The more I think about it, right, if we're talking about Eagles playing a ton of zone but also getting pressure up front, that same thesis I used for Gibson with the release I think also works for Thomas. My worry with Thomas is he might be more preoccupied blocking. So I am expecting work from the low A dot players on the Commanders. So give me Gibson and Thomas, but let's keep expectations in check. And I think this is a perfect slate for why I would... This is a jock market slate opposed to a DK slate. Because I worry about the ceiling. I don't know where the ceiling is going to be. But I do think we have a couple of undersung players that could get some looks today. And boom, that's your second pillar of profit. The penny stock section brought to you by Jock Market. If you learned anything, please press the like button. We really do. I appreciate all of you sticking around for this crazy thrill ride that we know as life experience. So thanks so much. Penny stocks are in the bag. Wrapping it up. Let's uh, punch the ball in. I think we're doing pretty good. Feeling pretty strong about the X's and O's, the analysis, the application. Now we have some players circled, feeling really strong about the value plays here. Let's get up into the last section. But first, let me just catch my breath. And then I'm going to punch the rock right in the end zone. And I'm going to do my Icky Woods thing, as always. That's my new favorite reference. Alrighty, sorry about that really poor transfer and segue. I was going to push right through, but man, my nose starts itching during this show. I don't know what it is, man. 
when you astrology people get back to me. I don't know what that means. All right, it's your week 10 Monday night foosball prop brought to you by Jock Market. I feel really strong about this one. I think we really kind of laid it out already for the audio only listeners. I won't keep you in suspense any longer. It's Dallas Goddard going over four and a half receptions. I love the plus money. Man, I have had a really rough go betting props the last two weeks. It's They're hard enough as it is, and I also focus on alt props. So obviously the the idea of it is I juice up the juice. I right, dial up the juice knowing that I could stomach a few more losses. We just have every injury lately. And then there's a break. You know, people tweeting at me and DMing me, complaining and upset. And that's just what it is. There's really not much we could do. It was uh, Juju yesterday. He left. And we lost someone else also. It's just, it's just so, it's just so, so deflating watching these guys, you know, get cracked and get concussed and then, you know, they're out. So I can't even think of the second one, but I have injured guys. So hopefully Dallas Goddard finishes this game. If he does, I think he easily goes over the four and a half receptions. You know, we kind of laid it out how Washington will attack with a mix of man and deep shells. I think Philly will be looking to identify that and when they do call these kind of quick outs that we've seen. The I mean the game log is just screaming. I'm a, frankly I'm a bit surprised at the odds here being in the plus. This if anything feels like it should be, you know, standard juice minus 112 minus 118. So I think there's a value there all oh, again. He went oh, he had 5 catches in Week 2, Week 4, Week 5, Week 8, and Week 9. Remember, there was a bye in Week 7. So give me the over 4.5. I think we get that one easy. Again, Washington defense has been very good, and that's where we want to challenge it. So if they can keep the top on the defense for at least the majority of the game, I think they'll be focusing more on A.J. Brown with the spy on Hertz, and hopefully, again, that will open up some catch and release for Dallas Goddard. So let's punch in this plus money bet. I think we're going to get back in the black on this one. I'm going to get some of my own uh, Skriller on that one. And that will do it for the fastest show in NFL. Absolutely anywhere. Man, is there one other person doing more? I don't know, with less. All right, so thanks for picking up what we're putting down. We really do appreciate your time. You know, I know my time is precious. And I try and treat you as the same. That's why I try and jam so much shite into every single show. Rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. The five-star review is just the greatest thing you could do if you really want to say thanks. Tag me on Twitter. Tag Patty on Twitter. Let us know how good of a job we're doing. If you're having fun with the show, what you like, what you don't like, what you like added. I have been adding things to the show based on recommendations because I care about you and I want this to be as good as it can be. So we got our blue chips. We got our penny stocks. We got a prop play. And I think we're about to cash tonight. I'll see you at the window, everybody. All right. I catch you on the flip side. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, yo. Peace.